0: Everybody, welcome to another edition of The Drop. Greg Wyshynski, Ardo Ocal, here with you every Tuesday and Friday, wherever you get your audio podcasts as well. The NHL on ESPN YouTube. By the time we do our next episode, Greg, the Coyotes might not even be in Arizona anymore. <laughs> who
1: who knows I, what is going on? Not if you ask their Twitter accounts. The official- but if you ask NHLPA chief Marty Walsh, uh, you'll get a different uh, a different response. Look, it's, it's a mess right now. And so the latest that I can glean, uh, a lot of this is from Craig Morgan, the great writer for uh, Go Phoenix, who, who covers the Coyotes so well. They're trying to buy land through an auction in a process that could take 10 weeks. Okay. Uh, I had a local source tell me that he expects other bids on the land. So that whole thing might not necessarily play out in the Coyotes' favor anyway. Now, Morgan claims that there are multiple parties on the ground that are interested in discussing a sale with the NHL to keep that Coyotes local. Uh, the Gila River Indian community could be one of them. Phoenix Suns owner Matt Ishiba, he's kind of like lurking in the shadows right now. We're not really sure what his situation is with this team, but he's obviously going to look to buy it at a discount if he's going to buy it at all to pair with the Suns and try to get a new arena. Could the Could the NHL take the team over again in the meantime? I mean, they did own the Coyotes for a while, uh, about a decade ago in a in a very dark time for NHL ownership. Um so those are on the table and as is of course relocation. Um obviously Salt Lake City is the one we all have our eyes on, but I still think that's a nuclear option, arda because like are the owners really want to do they really want to keep a billion dollars of expansion money off the table? And that's essentially what you'll be doing if you allow the coyotes to relocate. I think the next two expansion cities for the NHL are probably Salt Lake City and Atlanta. Mm -hmm. So if the Coyotes move to SLC and ain't the dollars in the pockets of the owners that they probably want from Ryan Smith, the owner of the Jazz, I think the bottom line for me is that I don't know if we've come to the end of the road of the Coyotes in Arizona but it's increasingly looking like we've come to the end of the road of Alex Morello owning the coyotes in Arizona. I think I've come um, to
0: the end of the road of uh, this saga. I would love a lot more clarity. Uh, I think a lot of NHL fans would love clarity on what the immediate future of the coyotes will be. Um, I will also remind uh, people of this situation is eerily similar to the end of the Thrashers uh, because yep. there was a uh, hey, we're not moving, everything is fine, and then half a month later, all right, we're done <laughs> Winnipeg. Uh so uh, I don't I don't buy and I'm not anything. wishing that. I'm not I, wishing I, that dude, on I, this I don't buy
1: anything that their Twitter account says. I'm sorry. Like there's a it's just nonsense. It's I'm I'm happy that the the people in the community get to like feel good about life for a millisecond, but it's not anything I pay attention to. For what it's worth, I contacted team president Javier Gutierrez yesterday, mm-hmm. didn't hear back, so that's kind of what's on the table right now for the Coyotes with uh, deadlines looming and and people losing patience with the situation in the desert.
0: Well, what is a guarantee is death, taxes, and the Chicago Blackhawks in the Winter Classic (laughs) because they are back. The Chicago Outdoor Game Hawks will be hosting the 2025 Winter Classic. They'll be playing the St. Louis Blues at Wrigley Field You will recall that Wrigley Field was the site of the Winter Classic in 2009. And a part of me is not surprised. A part of me is very surprised. I'm not surprised because of Connor Bedard. I think that will be a good spotlight game for him. I think that that, from that angle, it makes sense. Uh, I don't like the Blues as an opponent. I get the whole rivalry angle of it, but... I mean, it's a destination game wish it's a it's one of those games on the calendar that you can have a lot of fun with and you can, you know, mix and match superstars. You could have had the Connorverse continue at the Winter Classic as an example. But uh, I, I, one thing I will say is that I'm sure that Wrigley Field will look a lot more jazzed up this time around. It'll look really cool. It'll yeah, know, all the bells and whistles. But w- w- what did you make of this?
1: Well, I'd like to say that uh, you know when it comes to the Winter Classic, I would like to in, install a rule called the, called the Force Awakens rule. And that rule states that any Winter Classic that was held before Star Wars, uh, the Force Awakens was released, can be on the table for a revisit. So that means Fenway was, Wrigley is, that means Heinz Field, that means Michigan Stadium. Anything that came out before the Force Awakens, we can go back to. And the bottom line for Wrigley is just like the bottom line for Fenway, which is that they did, they did those stadiums before they figure out how to do the Winter Classic. You know, Steve Mayer, uh, the con- chief content officer for the NHL, we've talked to him before on The Drop. Mm-hmm. He's really found a way to create these events and make them, you know, exceptional and, and make them a spectacle. And they certainly didn't know how to do that back when they went to Wrigley the first time. All I remember, it was very windy. That's all I remember about that game the windy city. Detroit and don't Chicago. Say. yeah. It was very, very well. They had a win assisted goal in that game. So, you know, giving him a chance to, I don't know, put a bunch of Ivy around the rink or whatever, like I think is very exciting. So the Force Awakens rule, Arda, anything that happened before the Force Awakens came out, we can uh, revisit it in the Winter Classic.
0: That was 2015. So are you saying in a couple years you're going to have the last Jedi rule? And then like a couple years after that, you're going to have the rise of Skywalker rule. Like, are we just going to like in 2048? Are you going to have the
1: Mandalorian and Grogu rule like it's, it's just po- going to keep moving? It's possible. The last <laughs> Jedi rule uh, states that every winter classic will have people that vehemently love it and vehemently hate it, I believe.
0: Yes, like that, that cool. is true. Uh, let us know in the comments what you think about the Chicago Blackhawks and St. Louis Blues being in the next winter classic. I do agree. Just one last point. I, I know I said this. Before. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I do agree. I think Steve Mayer has done a great job with dressing up the venues, and I do believe that he will make Wrigley Field absolutely shine in this winter classic environment. So I am looking forward to that.
1: But to your point before, though, we've seen what happens to the Blackhawks if Connor Bedard gets hurt. They are a shell of a team. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, maybe they end up with Macklin Celebrini after the season two. Who knows? But, like, if you're putting all your eggs in the basket of one guy and then that guy doesn't play in the game... Oof. I mean, Wrigley's nice and all, but oof. Who
0: will the New York Rangers be putting all of their eggs in which basket? I could have probably said that better, but you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> As it pertains to goaltending, they, they got a decision to make here. Jonathan Quick been has been fantastic. He's a 9.19 save percentage across 19 games. He's 12-4-2. He started the last 3 games and he's let in two or less goals in each of those starting assignments. Meanwhile, Igor Shosturkin, an 8.99 save percentage, very unlike him, his Vezina, I said nearing heart Trophy caliber season, uh, but he is 19-12-1 in 32 games. But now the conversation shifts to do we have a new starting goalie on our hands on Broadway? Is Jonathan Quick the one that the Rangers stick with, wish for the remainder of the season? Is this a one A one B situation? How do you assess the Rangers goaltending
1: situation right now? I mean, do you start Jonathan Quick in the Stadium Series? I mean, do you not start your guy? I mean, Ooh, I mean, is
0: this an Eddie Lack, uh, Roberto Luongo, Roberto situation Luongo again? situation?
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, like Peter Laviolette has said that Shesty's our guy, and Truba has talked about how they have the utmost faith that he's going to rebound and quick called him the best goalie in the world. But the bottom line is that the Rangers played better with Jonathan quick and goal. It is indisputable at this point that he has been the better goalie statistically. And the Rangers have played better in front of him this season. So I'm here for the goalie controversy, baby. I am old enough to remember the halcyon days of John van Beesbrook versus Mike Richter Arda. I am, I'm happy we're circling back again for some good old goalie controversy in New York. I mean, it's a little bit different in the sense that, you know, quick's old. You're pretty much talking about who's going to be the starter for the rest of the season. Uh, and in the context of that, you're also talking about, you know, you don't want to hurt the feelings of the guy that's your guy going forward. But there's no question who the best goalie for the Rangers is right now. And it's Jonathan Quick inexplicably.
0: there uh, This problem does not exist in Boston. Uh, obviously, the greatest tandem that exists in sports, really, John, Jeremy Swayman and Linus Allmark you had a chance to speak with another member of the Boston Bruins uh, who's been kind enough to be a reporter, a contributor, a prognosticator of sorts for our show,
1: Wish. That's right. Charlie McAvoy, defenseman for the Bruins, has been our NFL prognosticator this season. I talked to him about the Super Bowl and a lot more, including whether he's surprised the Bruins are this good. And I think his answer was pretty interesting. By the way, what you just said just proves that quick and shirkin should just hug more. That's the problem. They don't hug enough. <laughs> it. Just they hug just don't it hug out. enough hug it out. Exactly, exactly. Here's Charlie. Joining us now on the drop, Charlie McAvoy, Boston Bruins defenseman and official NFL playoff prognosticator for this postseason. Charlie, you went seven and five. That's not bad. It's not bad at all. You took some chances. They didn't work out. But seven and five is nothing to sneeze at.
2: Oh, we're plus money.
1: Uh... <laughs>
2: Seven and five. Um, nah, I, lo- I love football. Football is always my uh, my favorite sport besides hockey. I played it for as long as I could, and uh, you know, I love watching college football. I love NFL. You know, it coincides with our with our season, so you know, I don't think there's any better time in the year than that late August September when you're when you're getting ready for you know for football hockey season.
1: Now, when you say you played it, did you play it like in school growing <laughs> up, or were you just messing around with kids from your neighborhood like I did? No, I
2: played it. I played Pop Warner, and then uh, I played up until seventh grade. So when I had to go out for, like, the middle school team, that was kind of when it was just too much. Like, we had games every weekend for hockey all through the fall, so you're missing those games anyway. And, um, you know, practice doesn't doesn't coincide with it either. So <laughs> the coach was always, like – I played lacrosse the longest, honestly, and it would, it would always be kind of fun, though, like, because – those they don't really understand i'd be like oh, man i'm I, i'm i think i'm good at this hockey thing i don't want to miss hockey but like if you miss their sport so if you would miss like lacrosse practice he'd be like you're you're not playing this weekend you right. like right. So you can never have the best
1: of both worlds but i wish i could have had that with football a little while longer uh because i loved it so there was never a point in the multiverse where you could have been mark bavaro right like you were always going to be better at <laughs> hockey
2: right I, I would imagine I was never going to be Mark Bavaro. <laughs> my dad actually we went. I went to a Giants game with my dad and he actually, I bought him a Mark Bavaro jersey. It was Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> when we went, we went to their opener versus the Broncos like three years ago, four years ago, and I got him a Bavaro jersey. It. No, I yeah. wish I could have played longer because you never know. Like I gave up on it too early, but I don't think that I would have uh, I don't know. I don't know, I know if I had the intangibles to be a football player, but I played, I was big as a kid, played like running back and linebacker. So nice.
1: Well, we, yeah. you and I have talked before about how you had a happier upbringing because I'm a Jets fan and you're a Giants fan. So you don't have to go there again. Uh, Super Bowl 58 is upon us. The Kansas City Chiefs meet the San Francisco 49ers in Las Vegas. Let's not keep the people waiting, Charlie. What is your official Super Bowl pick for this year's big game?
2: Yeah, I've tried to uh, try to get as as many views as I can on both sides. Obviously, sometimes we're playing, um, but I don't understand how you could go against Mahomes in this situation. And I really don't understand how they're underdogs, to be honest. He's just been there too many times. The record is the record's wild, like. I think I took them to lose in the divisional. And it's like the guy, the guy's seven and oh in the divisional. Like you just, he's a shoe in for the conference championship every single year. So I don't know why I was thinking that. And now I'm just going to let the, let the numbers work for me. So I don't know. I think it's, it's really hard to go against the chiefs here and their defense is probably the best they've had even better than last year. So I don't know. And then that, you look at the Niners. Yeah. I don't know. I looked at the Niners and I'm like, they tried every way to lose. <laughs> their playoff games and they somehow yeah. got through. now I don't know if that, that's obviously a good test is like, you know, their, their metal. And but so maybe now they flip the switch and now they're just going to like run Kansas city out. But I don't know. I, you're going to have to show it to me. You're going to have to give me Mahomes homes and, uh, on super bowl Sunday.
1: I'm with, I'm with you. I'm on the chiefs. Like give Andy Reid and his coaching staff that amount of time to figure out how to torture Brock Purdy, like they're gonna be able to figure it out. Like McCaffrey's gonna get his. He's like minus 260 score touchdown. He's gonna to get his. Yeah. But like if they give the Chiefs time to figure out how to torture Brock Purdy, they're gonna to torture Brock Purdy. Oh, and by the way, their offense is playing really well too right now with you know Mahomes, Pacheco, everything. So i I mean, we might both look dumb at the end of the day. It might be Brock Purdy telling us all how excited he is to go to Disneyland at the end of the Super Bowl. But I, I, I'm with you. Like, the idea of the Chiefs being an underdog in a game like this is mind-boggling. So, I'm with you on the uh, you're, Yeah, you're going to
2: have to show it to me. Like, they had to go the hard way, so they went into Baltimore. They went into Buffalo, and they yeah. won both those games. Into Buffalo! Defense, into exactly. Buffalo. And then into Baltimore, freezing. And, like, that's the same Baltimore team that put up 35 on, on San Fran in, in San Fran. Like, I know those games don't really, you know, you like to play that game a little bit. But, like... Right they went and they went and won that game with their defense so i don't know i just i i like <laughs> give me the as an underdog in the super bowl and it feels like it feels like a gift
1: there you go McAvoy to both in the chiefs we're throwing taylor swift friendship bracelets at each other we're very excited <laughs> we're both we're both on the chiefs what would you think about swift get... and kelsey by the way the whole the whole thing with her. uh
2: i think it's pretty cool we were joking about it the other day because obviously like you know my, my wife loves taylor swift and you know, I'm I'm not ashamed to say I I, I listen to Taylor Swift too. Uh, Me too. Yeah, you know she's she's an icon. Um, I just was saying I'm like, man, she couldn't she couldn't have dated a hockey player. Someone was saying <laughs> the revenue. Someone was saying the revenue of uh, you know what she's brought to the NFL, um, and obviously she's helped her own brand along the way. But I was like, damn, like we couldn't have gotten like couldn't have gotten like Jack Hughes or somebody to to slide into her DMs. I don't know. Um, it would no, our our ceiling is our
1: ceiling is Hillary Duff. I think that was our, our ceiling, ceiling is Hillary Duff. Hillary yeah. Duff
2: and Mike Fisher. Yep.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. No, you're right. Hillary oh, Duff no, was, was Mike, with Comrie. carry Underwood, Underwood. and with Mike Fisher. You're right. Yeah. Underwood's our okay, ceiling. Okay. She's more famous than, than Hillary Duff. You're right. Yes, Good point, yes. Charlie. Good point. All right, you're a USA hockey guy. Big international hockey news at the NHL All Star Game. Let's start with the Four Nations face-off with the U.S., Canada, Sweden, Finland. What were your thoughts on that tournament for next season?
2: Yeah, I thought it was really cool. Um, just really exciting, uh, you know, at the prospect of playing, you know, some hockey for Team USA again. Um, you know, it's been a little bit, uh, some of the best memories I've had in, in hockey, and and it's always an honor uh, to do so. I've had the dream of being an Olympian since, you know since the first time I ever watched it and then 2010 when they almost won the gold medal. Um, you know, I remember that, I remember sitting on the couch watching that with my family and how special that tournament was to, to view and then to, you know, uh, to internalize that and be like, man, I, that's where I want to be. So to have the opportunity to do it, I know we thought we had it last go around and that was equally as exciting and then kind of equally as disappointing when it got pulled, but, um, you know, hopefully there's, there's no un, unforeseen stuff that could, uh, you know, that could throw a wrench in this, and we get to see it through. And, and, you know, hopefully, as long as I do everything I can, I'll be able to to play on that team.
1: Yeah. And people don't understand how close it came with Beijing. Like you told me, you had to submit your measurements for your Ralph Lauren, like opening ceremonies or closing ceremonies gear, right?
2: Yeah. It was ever, they, you know, you could see all the names that are on the list. And we had, we had gone as far as having, you know, like a, a long, they make a long list, right? Um, you know, and then that, we, we got on a Zoom call and and that was with the coaching staff and the general manager. So you have all these guys that are in the player pool, um, you know, with the prospect of making the team. And, um, you know, you have to give, you know, sort of home addresses. And I think there's, you know, they can come and drug test you and stuff like that, like WADA. And then you go through, you know, your measurements for stuff like that. You're kind of filling out like this, this pre- pre-games application and we made it all the way into the season, into the winter time. So we were getting kind of close to February. And then I think they called it, I don't know, month month and a half before two months ago. So yeah. Yeah. When all those outbreaks happened and it would have, you know, would have been hard, but yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was cool cause you're, you're doing all these things and you're getting excited about it. Just hoping, you know, just as long as my play can, can, uh, you know, can stay well and get a chance to go. But, um, but it'll be equally, uh, you know, it's exciting this time around if we get to uh, if we get to do it, and obviously, I hope I hope we will. And then the four nations too, yeah. um, Boston and Montreal too, two of the best cities I think in in the league for for hockey. Um, you know, obviously, if I get to play in that, uh, a little bit of home ice for me would be would be awesome. Um, having you know living here in Boston year round, so. Uh, I know it's only four teams and I understand what its placeholder is. And a pasta was kind of upset, um, you know, cause the Czechs have a, have a great hockey country. Yeah. Uh, but as I understood it, it was sort of just like what they put together in the short time. And then it'll, it'll be a, you know, a first step towards world cup of hockey again, where everybody will be able to play.
1: Yep, exactly. And then obviously they announced that the all-star game, like you said, 2026, 2030 Olympics for the NHL players. All right. Here's your chance. I'll give me the platform. Please tell myself and the rest of the patriotic Americans watching the drop that we're finally going to beat Canada and win gold in one of these tournaments, Charlie McAvoy.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not going to throw that on the on the bulletin board right now. But <laughs> I, I've had these I've had these conversations, and uh, you know, because because 2010, I guess 2014 was the last one. So I was at that there for point, that. I, I, was I was there in 2010.
0: Yeah.
2: too. Crushing. Okay. Crushing. Yeah. Crushing. Yeah. So. I remember looking at those teams and I remember thinking, you know, wow, it'd be really cool to, to see if they can go far in these tournaments and, you know, in the conversations that I've had, you know, recently with, with, with just with the player pool and with the talent that USA hockey has. And you look around and there's stars all over the league um, that are American at, at every single position. Um, So I think that kind of, changes now i think it's you know instead of being like oh i wonder how far they could go it, it looks like hey you know why not us to to go and, and go over there and and make some real noise and, and their usa hockey group chat no,
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> no i have, a lot, of, I have a lot of guys from my my ntdp team and stuff a lot of them you know a lot of them were at the wedding and okay and uh you know, we stay close. We've had some amazing experiences, whether it be World Juniors or or U eighteen and stuff. You know, those things kind of, kind of give you a, a really special bond. Um, so, I, I it would be it would be really unique, and and obviously some of the names are are the same to think about if we got a chance to go and play this. Uh, it would be
1: sort of a, a reunion. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Finally, uh, the Bruins have been one of the best stories of the season so far. You know, pressing for the President's Trophy again after losing some key players after last season and suffering that devastating loss in the playoffs in the first round. Has this season been a surprise for you at all, or did you, were you confident that the Bruins still had this kind of season in them? I thought you rely upon the
2: culture, I guess. And that is, and that's a winning culture, Um, you know, sort of doing, doing all the things you need to do in order to win. But I was definitely surprised. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say it you know for (laughs) won't hide it i was you know we lost a lot of guys and i think maybe it was the outside noise that kind of you know sort of and and i i think i embraced sort of an underdog role this year and i think our team did as well and as we started stringing together our our identity and and winning more and more hockey games um i was kind of like you know (laughs) a little bit of how are we doing this and then then it sort of clicked like okay you know, this, this isn't luck. This isn't putt, like we're we're a really good hockey team. Again, are we built like last year? No, not at all. We're more of a put it in deep team now versus line rush. We're more of a wear you out behind the net than we are, you know, sort of cycle and making skill, skill play is high. Um, we're doing it a completely different way this year, but you know, when I look back on it now, I will say like, you know, the goalie stayed the same, the defense stayed the same. We got, a, we got new guys up front, Um, but at those two pillars were, you know, they, we, we got better in those two areas. Um, not not much changed, you know, there was, there was familiarity with our structure and stuff like that. So, uh, it worked out really well. And then our forwards, you know, have been getting better and better every, you know, every game this year.
1: Pleasant surprise indeed. All right. You heard it folks. Charlie McAvoy's on the chiefs. He's plus money. Run, run to where we run to and, and and take that knowledge with you. Charlie, you're the best. Thanks for taking time with us today on The Drop. We appreciate it.
2: Thank you, guys. Go Chiefs.
0: <laughs> Charlie, thank you very much uh, for giving us your predictions throughout the NFL playoffs. And he has selected the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. Uh, What's your is- pick? My, my pick is the Chiefs as well. I, I just... Right. Listen... Taylor Swift has written the script, let's be honest. We we know this. Uh, no, dear, the, look, the world I, wants the celebration of Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. I got my ring. Here's your ring.
1: I mean, what a storyline, right? <laughs> oh, my God. Could you imagine? I will say, though, that as a student of, of, of Swiftian uh, metatext and as somebody who, you know, believes in karma, her behavior at the Grammys may have turned things sour. I don't know. I am a little bit concerned about the karmic uh rev- really? the karmic reverberations of her behavior well, at the why Grammys. do you say
0: this why do you say this
1: she, I mean, she won an award and used the time to announce a new album. She didn't hug Celine Dion on stage. She was acting a little bit immature She made that the up scenes.
0: backstage,
1: though. She made it up, yeah. right? There I was a picture know, of them hugging. Wow, the, okay. The Swifties are turning. The Swifties are turning. They, they're like, you know, this is like this is like the mean girl from high school becoming the queen of the world, is what they're saying, Arna. If,
0: if the 49ers win the Super Bowl, does Taylor Swift make a diss track about Brock Purdy?
1: <laughs> if the I, that I don't I bottom line yes. for me is that like yes, Travis definitely. should put a ring on it because <laughs> he's he's now seeing in this next album what happens when you don't. Uh so he should be very afraid. By the way, nothing like having to talk about how people are being mean to her about the Grammys in the, le- in the week leading up to the Super Bowl for Travis Kelsey. I'm sure he's really enjoyed those conversations. No
0: kidding. And all the conversations about how is she going to get home from Tokyo to go to the game, et cetera. Good stuff. People are suddenly uh, <laughs> traffic reporters in the air. Uh, so the Super Bowl, obviously, uh, is going to dominate headlines all weekend. And also one of the more fun things to do is to watch the Super Bowl commercials. Um, if the NHL were to create a Super Bowl ad wish... What would it look like in your mind?
1: You know, there was precedent for this. There was a time, remember when Ovechkin scored that incredible circus goal early in his career where he kind of like tumbled on his shoulder and knocked the puck in with a stick? I think it was against the Coyotes. There was some talk about why not just make that the Super Bowl commercial, talk about how cool hockey is. But here's the thing. A lot of people just don't like hockey. So you have to reach them in a different way. You have to reach them on their terms. So here's what I do. Picture a beach, okay? Now picture pink plastic Houses surrounding a beach. Beautiful technicolor day. Connor McDavid wakes up in his bed, he turns to his window, and sees Connor Hellebuck. He says, Hi, Connor. And Hellebuck says, Hi, Connor. They both see Connor Bernard walking down the street. They go, Hi, Connor. Hi, Connor. Hi, Connor. And then they see Connor Brown and Connor Murphy and Connor McMichael. And they all repeat, Hi, Connor. Hi, Connor. Hi, Connor. Hi, Connor. Hi, Connor. Kyle Connor is Weird Connor. He's up on a mountain. He's Connor's last name. It's not his first name. He's Weird Connor. Mm-hmm. The commercial ends with Connor McDavid saying my job is goals out. Watch attendance triple in the National Hockey League
0: <laughs> by Connors though. Like co- uh, attendance among people named Connor first name or last name has quadrupled in the last uh, <laughs> two weeks. I like that. I like the I like the Connorverse commercial and just expand it to every Connor uh, that possibly exists. Um I would redo the Pond of Dreams commercial. Oh, uh, but uh make the uh veterans like Sidney crosby and alex ovechkin and patrick kane you know that era and then they're passing the torch to jack hughes and you know uh all the young all the young studs connor bedard and then but then in the middle it's sort of like uh mcdavid and austin matthews like hey wait a minute you skipped a generation here yeah it could be like the comic relief at the end of the we got next yeah, we got next. What are you talking about? Bedard and Hughes and all the, young, the closest young the closest
1: the NHL has ever come to breaking through pop culturally has been uh, a Thanksgiving Day parade floats. We don't think we've ever done a Super Bowl commercial. So there you go on the table. We've given you some two two great ideas. Make it happen.
0: Yeah, I like it. Uh, so the Super Bowl will be handing out hardware. So is Wish. Uh, you delivered a delightful article that everyone should check out at ESPN.com about uh, who you have your eyes on for NHL awards. We're getting to that season. We we can essentially talk about this every week for the remainder of the season, uh, looking at the NHL awards watch. A goalie for MVP, a tie for the a tie for the Calder. Now that is spicy. I like that. Uh, break it down for us.
1: Yeah, we as you know, the NHL Awards Watch is different than other awards prognostications. It's not my speculation. It's not a computer spitting out a bunch of potential winners. It's the actual voters sharing with me their current ballots for these awards. So, the Hart Trophy leader is is Nathan McKinnon, because he's atop the vast majority of the voters' ballots right now, with um with Connor Hellebuck and Nikita Kucherov right behind him. You like that top three order? Mm, I do. It's, uh, right. it's, it's
0: solid, strong top three. I would
1: say honestly. Should we give the 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 heart trophy to uh, to to more goalies? Is the question? I look. I was on
0: that Shesterkin train very hard. I I really felt like a. Spe- the thing the thing I will ask though is Connor Helle- Connor Hellebuck is a fantastic goaltender. Connor Hellebuck is definitely um, worthy of conversation for the Vezina and for the Hart trophy. My question to you is. Is he the most valuable player to his team compared to every other team?
1: I don't think he is. I actually think I was a little surprised to see Kucherov not get more love. And and I, I did collect these ballots before his lackadaisical. goals was published before or after. That yeah. did not influence the voting. Did not influence the voting. <laughs> but uh, but I, I mean, you look at the gap between him and the next highest scorer of the Lightning. It's pretty remarkable that he's not getting more support for MVP because he he really has like. Shepherded the lightning through some real adversity. Vasilevsky's not played well now. Uh, the injury to to, uh, to Sergeyev, which we uh, we saw a very mm-hmm. uh, emotional Instagram post from Sergachev before yes. the show, talking about the injury that you know potentially could cost him the rest of the season. So I I would I would hope that that Kucherov gets a bit more support going forward.
0: And quite frankly, if McDavid continues to produce the way he does, uh, he's knocking one of these guys out of yeah, the top three. True, like, it, it might even be Hellebuck, uh, but but that, that can't take away from help. We'll talk about the Vezina in a minute. What about the Norris?
1: Yeah, Quinn Hughes has been leading this award for the last three months. Uh, McCarr has been the only other player to get a first-place vote. Noah Dobson has been getting some down-ballot support, but it's Quinn's award to lose, and it, it seems like as long as he stays healthy, then that's going to just be the situation for them going forward. I, I've been really impressed with the way he's played, and imagine he'll maintain that uh, pace.
0: Quick thing on defensemen. Quinn Hughes and Kale McCarr both on pace for 100-plus-point seasons, if they are to do that, it would be the first time in NHL history two defensemen break the 100-point barrier uh, in the same season, which is pretty remarkable. Wow, wow. Uh,
1: The Calder. Calder, yeah, this was the big one, man. Bedard had been the unanimous choice in consecutive seasons, or consecutive months, I should say. And uh, all of a sudden, with him out of the lineup with a broken jaw, Brock Faber catches up. It is a fifty-fifty split for first place votes for rookie of the year between Faber and Bedard. That's amazing to me.
0: Yeah, I love that. And 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 good for the Minnesota Wild that they have too. Marco Rossi, Brock Faber. So, you know, at least the uh the future is uh bright in Minnesota, even if yeah. uh this season uh is less than fortunate for Wild fans. Yeah, and we all and I also like that speaking of goaltenders, we're gonna talk about them in a second, like. Will marc Andre Fleury uh, have a new home by the trade deadline? I mean, we shall see. Big contract, I, but still,
1: I still think Bedard ends up winning. I think he'll come back and, and okay. light it up, and and it'll convince people. But it's good to have a little bit of drama in this award after it feeling like a coronation for a long time. Finally, the Vesna. I mean, if 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 Hellebuck is up for MVP, you know he's going to be leading the Vesna, and he is right there with Thatcher Demko, who has a really strong case for best goalie, and Jeremy Swayman for the Boston Bruins.
0: So there you have it. Uh, that about does it for us here on the show. Uh, we have a very busy schedule coming up, uh, particularly for the remainder of the month of February. But on Saturday, uh, we have a uh, game on ABC between the Capitals and the Bruins, and then a game at 7 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus. So those ABC hockey Saturdays are returning. Uh, we are post-All-Star, of course. Uh, the All-Star game was on ABC. Now you can look forward to a rip of ABC Hockey Saturdays for the remainder of the season, and a lot of games on ESPN Plus on the ESPN family of networks. Quite frankly, fi- quite frankly, uh, it's going to be very exciting. And wish uh, last thing, based on the uh, Disney and Epic Games news, I look forward to us doing the show in Fortnite in the future. Uh, that'll be great,
1: dude! You know, I am so characters. excited for that. I am so extremely excited from that. Put. The drop studio at the top of Tilted Towers, and also bring back Tilted Towers,
0: and and put NHL players in the game. Like we've seen NBA players, like LeBron, yeah, right? has been in Fortnite. I want to see Connor McDavid. I want to play as Connor McDavid, uh, and and build my nineties and one eighties and catch a dub. You know, I love it. I love it. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will catch you next week. Take care.